Well, welcome back, everyone, to Being and Making Disciples. We're joined today with a guest, Terry Poplava, who is the Director of Strategic Expertise at ACS Technologies. Terry, thanks for making time for this Thank conversation. Thank you. So glad to be here with you. <laughs> yes. So a little bit about ACS, in case folks don't know. Y'all have been around since 1978, supporting nearly 50,000 churches, schools, dioceses, uh, church offices with, in, in essence, software consulting and more to help parishes make better decisions and serve their communities. Is that is that pretty accurate? Sure, that's a great summary. We serve, uh, we're, you know, we serve all Christian denominations, uh, but part of my focus and the focus of this study is particularly accompanying the Catholic Church. Roughly a third of the business is serving the Catholic Church and has been for over 30 years. Well, that is great. It's great to learn more about what you all do. And, um, you know, recently you guys did a pretty exciting study. I don't know if it's ex well, exciting is one word for it, but um, a study with Villanova University Center for Church Management on how COVID-19 impacted U.S. Catholic giving. So I know this has been on everyone's minds when I see when I talk to people at parishes, they talk in generalities. But you've got some hard data now to back it up. So how I want to start. How did you guys go about the study and getting the data together? Well, you know, it's um, it's a, a compilation of many years of being engaged with parishes across the country, and uh, it's based on our expertise of serving them, supporting them, developing software for them, uh, as well as other data that we're you know that we have as a component of the work that we do with our parishes. I don't know if you know the Center for Church Management at uh, Villanova University, oh, but yeah. it's a pretty yeah. awesome place. You yeah, know, they're great. A master's in business focused on church management. I've been a fan of theirs for many, many years. Yes. And was excited in conversation with Matt Mannion, who's the faculty director there, that there might be an opportunity for them to do some analysis on data. And so we, we had a number of questions, but this one, as you said, is definitely on everyone's mind. What's really happening with giving since COVID? How can we look into it and provide something meaningful? So it was, it was a, a conversation that evolved into a, a study and a set of studies that we're excited to be able to partner with them uh, to do. Yeah, it's certainly been on everyone's mind. I feel like anytime I'm in a meeting with, with uh, you know, church leaders, they're they're talking about how COVID's been rebounding and things are better. But so, you know, the findings are on your on your Web page. And I was really struck by them. And it really crystallized for me what was going on. But uh, what would you share some of the most interesting findings from the study? Well, the big blockbuster, I think that's maybe uh, not necessarily what you'd assume is that giving is actually dollar for dollar up since yeah. pre-pandemic levels. That's kind of a surprise. Right. And I'll say, you know, the hypotheses we started with were giving's down because attendance is down and large churches would be doing better because they have capacity and, and technology. And uh, both hypotheses proved out to be false. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, big finding is that uh, that is giving is up, but uh, there's some caveats to that. I yep. think the other one that that we really need to listen to is that the number of donors is down. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I, that one struck me. So number of donors down 16 percent. That makes total sense. It makes people like myself nervous that, you know, we're in the middle of raising families thinking, OK, 30 years from now, who's going to still be in the pews contributing or will my kids be in, you know, right. quarter full churches? So definitely impetus for change there on things we can do. But 
but also the other one I was struck by was um, with your caveat, right? Rebounded overall, but 11% less to spend due to inflation. Yes. Yes. Now, you know, I pray that inflation recovers sort of goes right. down again. Maybe that won't be quite as true. Yep. But yeah, the real the other part of this is while there's uh, more dollars in you know 2018 value coming in the door, 2019 value uh, based on inflation and adjusted for that, it's actually 11 percent less. You could call it buying power. So it doesn't go as far as it did before either. So we've got at least we, we I think the good news in it is yeah. that uh, is that there are faithful Catholics giving more, 24 percent more. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, on average than they were before, which right there gives us something maybe to use as the as the start and the impetus to to grow outward and really strengthen what we're doing. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think so. May, maybe one narrative on it, too, is, you know, Catholics that were still around wondering, where's everybody else? said, I need to commit more to the church. I need to give more. I need to get more involved. I need to invite people back. So so that part is good. Um, but on the other hand, I think about that less to spend. Some folks might think, oh, that's not that bad. But I think the impact is actually on staffing at parishes. So I know a lot of parishes have moved to, you know, a lot of some roles going to part time that were full time, you know, so it cuts into the, the mission of the church when we have less to spend. Um, but yeah, this really crystallized. One more thing I thought was interesting, Terry, was the differences by region of the country. To me, it just spoke to how those areas reacted to COVID more so than anything else. But what were your guys' thoughts on that? It sounded like looked like the South and Southeast did better than like the Northeast and maybe out West. Uh, yes. Well, West actually went up as well. The Northeast oh, okay. and the Midwest uh, were the ones that were down. Okay. And some of that might just be population trends. We're not right. 100% sure what the reason is, but that, that was true. A parish size was not a factor. Ooh, and we also did some spot checking on, um, you know, how it was managed during COVID. That was not a factor either. Wow. Which is interesting. It really is just a regional difference. And I think, uh, you know, again, opinion that it has to do with where the church and where the people are expanding overall versus where they are, where, where they're declining and perhaps uh, consolidating. Now, when you say not how it was managed, are you referring to the way government mandates were done or the way the churches or dioceses handled the pandemic? Well, I think it's I think it's both. OK, so all you can do is check areas that, you know, were were managed differently. And then yeah. within, you know, within that, then there were different responses per church or per diocese. We looked, you know, we kind of looked at a number of them just to see if we could see anything that was actually, uh, you know, statistically important but yeah. we weren't able to discern anything <laughs> okay well i think you know one thing i love in that data that you just shared though is hey little parishes it, it didn't matter your size big or small right uh, so um what do you think are some of the major implications from these findings for parishes well i think it points to the wonderful work you're doing with this show uh, that that it, we have this good news that there's a core group of people who are responding. Perhaps they're even responding because they're looking around and seeing a need. Yeah. Uh, but there is an intense need then to bring other people along and restore their connection, their you know their their connection both to the parish, but also I think underlying that is to the faith and their understanding of sacrificial giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. That. So. Um... 
what what's the what's the number one thing you'd tell parishes and dioceses to do as a result of this study? If you could tell well, them, put all your eggs in the basket, what would it be? Well, Matt and I have talked about this. The very first thing is to there there's somewhere between sixteen and twenty four percent of your people yeah. that were given giving before yeah. and are not giving now. It's likely you know who they are. That's right. So, That's right. So, well, you've been to their house. If for you dinner. don't have a relationship with those people, then the first step really is develop a relationship with those people and invite them and welcome them. Make sure they're part of your community. They understand that and that they're loved at a minimum yeah. uh, so that maybe they were habitual before, but but they're there and you know who they are. It's a great chance to find them and, and sort of restore that sense of community. Yeah. Amen. Right. Just relationship and invite them back in. You know, odds are they might not just make mm-hmm. me. Of course, God can do anything, but it, the odds of them being sit, sitting at home and just being convicted to come back versus their pastor calling or a friend knocking on the door and say, hey, we missed you. Come on back. God usually sends people to bring other people back. Right. So he wants to use us. He wants to use us to bring folks back. That's absolutely right. Yep. Um, so, Terry, I'd love to also hear a little bit more about your role. It's, it's a neat role. Strategic expertise. What are the different things you and your team at ACS do to support parishes? Well, I, I, you know, I'd like to get to that, but can I dwell on this other question? Just yeah, a let's dwell, more? please. Just, just a minute, yeah. because to me, yeah. you're, this is very close to my heart and actually my journey that took me even to work in different places. This, yeah. this stewardship journey. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think, yes, we could go find the people who have uh, stopped giving. Yeah. But to me, it points to this greater need in the church that is, uh, have we really, have we lost our sense of what it means to be a disciple of Christ, assuming we had it in the first place? And it seemed to me we're in, we've been in the process of realizing with the new evangelization uh, that that internal to our parishes, we, we don't have the great connection. We haven't necessarily met Jesus on a personal level. Yeah. And all of that to me is underlying this. So we have what we're calling this dilemma of declining generosity, but it's sparked from it's a symptom. You know, a lack of engagement, a lack of, uh, of sense of faithfulness, a lack of true stewardship where we don't even make the connection anymore. I was talking to a colleague a couple of months ago. It seemed like we don't even hear stewardship talked about very often, you know? That, yeah, that that is true. It has been out of the lingo the last couple of years getting out of COVID. Um, I'm so glad you wanted to dwell. Thank you for doing that because that's the aim of our podcast and why we do this. We we talk about being and making disciples and following Christ means, you know, once you fall in love with him and you want to walk with him, then you start to invite others because he forms you into a missionary disciple. I will say um, it may not be in the data so much, but I've seen just on a... Um, you know, on a granular level, I guess, walking with uh, many parishes and being around many parishes, I did notice just anecdotally, the parishes that did have those relationships going into COVID, like a real sense of being a missionary community, they seem to tend to um, band together more tightly. Um, Their pastors were being a bit more creative on what they could do through technology. I know someone that uh, someone converted to the faith at a parish because the live stream was done so well that that spoke to them and brought them back to the church. So I do think that the places that were like a missionary hotbed, if you will, prior to COVID, 
came out the other end easier and better as opposed to the ones that the relate the relationships weren't ready. It's like a it's like a ship being ready for a storm, right? Which house was ready? It was the house that really was focused on intentional discipleship. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I 100% agree. It's intentional discipleship and and personal relationships. This, yeah. You know, to me, this this challenge we have as a church is we've got the same number of priests or fewer, same number of staff, yet we still, uh, you know, and yet theoretically the church needs to be more personally in touch with each of us to to really help guide us in our in our faith. We're realizing it, let alone welcoming someone in who who isn't strong at all and might not even be practicing. Yeah. So that challenge is is critical that we that we um, afford time. We find ways to interact personally, which which then create, you know, the whole other discussion, which you mentioned is who is there's someone in the parish who could be that personal contact. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be and probably shouldn't always be the staff or the pastors. So right. there's that, too, that we have to go through. All of this, I think, is is deeply related, underlying the challenge of giving and and um, why we have fewer people giving to the church, because we've lost we've lost the sense that we are gifted and the joy, joyful hopefulness that we're, you know, the abundance of the sense of joy and, and love, knowing that we're loved, that should overflow in many ways to uh, from us to our church and to other people. Yeah, maybe this study can be a wake-up call for all of us, too, that to batten down the hatches. We don't know what storm may come next, right? But Jesus says, you'll be ready for the storm if you build your house on a rock. Um, so he is our foundation. So building it upon him. Um, so how can we be more intentional communities? Um, I think it also relates then to the Franciscan cross over your shoulder. So and I was recently struck uh, hearing more of the story about St. Francis of Assisi when the Lord said to him, rebuild my church. At first, Francis wanted to rebuild the church exteriorly. But actually, God was telling him, no, you are my church, Francis. You need to fix yourself first. Then everything is going to ripple out. So maybe at the end of the day, too, if each of us looked within and are we living that life of discipleship and building those meaningful relationships with others, Maybe that's the best place to start, Terry, and it ripples out from there. I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, my prayer often is just fill me with your light and your love. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, lots of failures, lots of failings. That's always going to be true. Right. But just to just to be an expression of caring for each other is a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. Can start there. A amen. Well, you know, a theme of this podcast, too, is, you know, take take an entrepreneurial mindset, if you will, to to your evangelization efforts. So don't be afraid to make a mistake and get up again. You know, my pastor this past weekend was talking about a difference between a, I don't know whose quote it is, between a saint and a sinner is a saint is a sinner who just kept trying. So we got to get up and try again. So COVID didn't break us by any means, right? But now we can learn from it. We need to right. reflect on it. And uh, your study helps to do that because it's got good concrete data. So love that. Um. So uh, if you don't mind, I would like to talk a little bit about, about your role. So what are the different things your your team does to support parishes using data to make decisions and the other resources you offer? Yeah, thank you. So we are uh, really a uh, sort of a, an additional direction of the growth of ACS Technologies in, is the company. The company is known primarily as a software company serving churches across the country with church management systems 
and a, um, a strategic planning resource called Mission Insight, uh, websites, you know, other, other resources. Yet the mission of the company is to build the kingdom and to provide a personalized ministry experience for every person. Uh, yeah. And what we're doing, and the reason it's called strategic expertise, is deliberately looking for ways we can we can enable uh, the church with better information, better informed information, and that's part of what this data study is about, where we can find really good partners like Villanova University to help us interpret what we have in meaningful ways to serve the church. We also have a significant research project that we've done, which is an every four-year study that we call American Beliefs, uh, and we have reports from it on AmericanBeliefs.com. And that is a, it is a Christian study, uh, but I've also looked at the data for Catholic within it, and it's pretty much parallels the results. Hmm. Uh, we can look at all of those, but it, it's about what do we believe? What are we looking for? Uh, generally, generationally, what do people want in a church? And it, you know, it points to some of the, and reinforces some of the challenges we are seeing coming out of our synodal uh, process mm-hmm. that, you know, what people need, uh, which uh, I think is interesting and important. So we will continue that particular research and look more deeply into subjects within it. And then introducing services that are consultative services. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can, you know, be, apply some of what we know, uh, both directly and also through strategic partners that we're working with who are helping the Catholic Church, uh, helping at, in a, and other churches, but uh, particularly the Catholic Church in this case, our objective is how can ACS Technologies be a partner with the church in helping the church in every way to strengthen the church in leadership, in planning, in in building the faith, uh, both in a personal way, but also in engaging people in the church. So it's really all of those things. It's kind of a broad, uh, yeah. broad idea, but we're you know, we're excited about it, committed to finding ways to to really advance uh, what we're doing that's meaningful and helpful. Well, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for the work of your group, because uh, we're at a time where, yeah, parishes and dioceses need to be open to, to partnerships and and uh, help like this, especially, um, you know, I think on the data side, I think the more we can use data, the better. And I encourage folks to check out these studies because um, I think these, these macro studies help us contextualize what we're seeing on the local level. Sometimes we form opinions based solely on my pairs or these three parishes or even our diocese, but to have, uh, uh, you know, to be able to compare them to what's going on nationally and see macro trends, ooh, the church can learn from each other, get insights. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, now I know this study we've been discussing, that's available on your website, correct? Are these other studies available there as well? Or how would folks connect with those? Correct. Well, right now, this is the first in a series of studies that we're doing with with Villanova and actually also Wheaton College. It's available at acst.com slash COVID study. Okay. We will put that link in the show notes for folks and also your website, acstechnologies.com, so folks can learn more about you. I would also, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I would add there is acstcatholic.com. Acstcatholic.com. We'll put, we'll put all of them in there. That's great. Um, well, Terry, before we close, I do, I do have one more question popping up in my head I'd like to ask you about. How did you end up in this line of work? What's been your path of discipleship that led you to this role 
supporting parishes and dioceses. I'm sure it's a long story, but would love to hear just a little bit about your journey that led you to this point. Well, thank you for that. It is it is a journey uh, for sure. To try to summarize it, I worked in uh, industry for many years, actually uh, for IBM. Uh, so I was in sort of an information systems business. But um, through a series of steps, I found myself um, actually initially with ACS Technologies, focused on the Catholic Church at the time. It was a stewardship journey. And the message of what do I own and what owns me that actually propelled me to Our Sunday Visitor uh, and worked there for many years uh, and became the executive director of marketing and sales. But it was the, it was the um, how do we really truly help parishes uh, form this sense of discipleship that was a big part of it. And then it was that discipleship journey. And uh, frankly, I owe it to Sherry Waddell and to uh, All right. <laughs> uh, because, you know, intentional discipleship and going to her Disciple 101 class that propelled wow. me yet another step where I, uh, and so that took me uh, to Catholic Leadership Institute where I was the vice president of uh, ministry advancement, which is a very exciting, you know, worthy, worthy place. And it was the journey there where I began to see that there's a need for the infrastructure and underpinnings yeah. of our church to be in place it, to support what we're trying to do strategically. So we can we can consolidate or we can shift or we can lay out a new pastoral direction or a vision uh, from the bishop. But we also need the resources and yeah. the systems in place that support that, which is Amen. why I'm back. So I, I think trying to bring it all together in this role. And thanks. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Oh, dear. You're. You are speaking my language. I spent a little bit of time out in industry and, uh, you know, getting an MBA and things like that. But then, yeah, it made me think about, yeah, that need of, uh, you know, we can have a great vision, a great a great plan. But if we don't have the underpinnings to make it happen, it ain't going to happen. So uh, we got some heavy right. lifting. But God seems to be calling in more folks with this kind of background or administration gifting into the church, I think. Because we need, we, we're at that point, especially with resources going down a bit. You know, given the study, we got to get a little bit more lean and efficient um, and then redirect in the right way. So um, thanks for your journey and being open to the Holy Spirit. You worked in some great places, too, right? Leaders in the church, OSV, Catholic Leadership Institute, now ACS. So thanks. Thanks for all you've done. Grateful to have the opportunity to try to serve the church in any way we can. So, you know, hopefully we're applying talents in a meaningful way. I, I right. pray about that all the time. That's that's right. That's what we'll be judged upon, right? Well, um, Terry, before we sign off, any any last uh, thoughts you'd like to share with our audience about ACS, about the study, or anything in general? Uh, just well, thank you for the opportunity to talk. There's the I think this study is really important. There's another one coming up later in the year that is on uh, lifetime value of a donor, which might be very useful and helpful uh, to parishes. It's you know it'll be a bit scholarly, but I think worthy. And yeah. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and uh, grateful that ACS Technologies has the opportunity to serve so many churches. And I hope that uh, organizations will think of us and and ask us if there's a way we might be able to help them, uh, because we're really looking for how to help in every way possible. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, so I had a father that uh, growing up, he worked in public finance, so bond deals and stuff like that, but he, and a lot of nonprofits. But he would always say, no margin, no mission. So, uh, <laughs> you know, when we're in the church, 
we have to be thinking about this stuff. You know, Jesus and the apostles had to had to plan for these kinds of things. We need the resources. So um, folks, be sure to check out ACS Technologies. We'll have the links in the show notes. Uh, a great resource for the church to help us in furthering the mission. So Terry, thank you again. It was great speaking with you. And I do have to mention, you have an, you have an awesome last name, Pop Lava. I love that. <laughs> thank you. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique. Yes. <laughs> Well, God bless, God, bless, God bless you guys and your work, and, and um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you.